Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone of all ages, thank you for tuning in to the Big Hawk Podcast. It's that time of year again, Jeff. Yes, it is. Thank goodness. Let's talk about our sponsors. The first sponsor <coughs> Who do you is. Want to start with? Let's start with Stanfield Hunting. Let's get them out of the way. Let's go ahead. Stanfield Hunting, home of the Big Honker Podcast, home of the Big Honker Lodge, been in business for over 25 years. We pushing take, 30. Pushing 30. Uh, take care of you or anything. Got some deer hunting packages available. Uh, deer hunting, holler at me at 940-658-3172. Um, got some different packages we can do. We can do a kill fee on a hunt. We can do just deer package. We can do some family hunts for um, father and son, father and daughter, uh, two cousins, two kissing cousins, whatever you want to do. Around the Christmas time, if you want to take some kids on a hunt, anyway, it's nine four zero six five eight three one seven two. Perfect. Get out there, shoot that big deer. Let's talk about dive bomb. Oh my goodness, those dive bombs! The black and whites. I cannot wait to get my hands on that. That's the thing. I've been pushing for that. If you go back and listen to the very first time that you Asher sure came did. on the podcast, I said I need to ask you something off air and see if this is coming out. I was talking about the black and whites, people. I was talking about the black and whites. Two and a half years ago. You're a trendsetter. I'm, I'm fucking excited about these. I can't wait to get my hands on them. Low light days, snowy days, foggy days. If you're hunting traffic, if you're away from where the birds are, sight travels further than sound. Use black and whites to your advantage. I'm fucking excited for them. Everything that they got, it's just, it's perfect. The bags, the floaters, everything. The whole kit and caboodle. You can find everything you need at Dive Bomb Industries or go to their Instagram. They've got over 100,000 followers on Instagram now. They're killing it there. Dive Bomb Industries. I'm fucking excited for what they got going on. And in the morning time, start your morning off with some Dirty Duck Coffee. Dirty it, Duck Coffee. If Love it ain't. It. It, what, what's the old saying? If, it, if, if your, your coffee, coffee sucks, sucks, that bitch ain't the duck. Yep, and the code uh, Trump2020 will save you. Some green off at checkout. Uh, so go to dirtyduckcoffee.com. And if you buy, tell them that the Big Honker Boy sent you. Use the promo code TRUMP2020. Start your morning off right. Dirty Duck Coffee in your cup. It needs to go to the blind with you all season long. It's what's going to be in my thermos. I can tell you that. And, folks, right now we are going through a winter storm. If you're Thank up goodness. north and you got your water freezing up, there is no sense to not have an ice ripper. J2 Outdoors, 10% off Big Honker. There's no reason to not spend money to have a damn ice ripper. You're going to lease your land. You pay for the land. You pay for everything. Might as well have some open water. Try to prolong your season as long as it'll go. I mean, this is an early storm, so there's a lot of places that, uh, you know, it's going to get cold. The wind's going to die down. Water is going to lock up. You could be the person that's setting yourself apart in your area because you've got open water. And how do you get open water? You put a motherfucking ice ripper in it. It's simple. J2 Outdoors LLC. Use the promo code Jeff told you. Big honker. Saves you 10%. You keep your water open. You keep your hunting going. Simple. J2 Outdoors LLC. And if nothing else, they got a beautiful fucking t-shirt. Soft on your skin. It's got a cool ass duck on it. You can find that there too. Throw that in the cart when you get an ice ripper. Save 10%. J2 Outdoors LLC.com. And if you're going to be shooting some shells, ain't nothing better than the boss. Might as well get the money bag. That's that's uh, I love the money bag. Fill that bitch up, throw it in your hunting bag, and away you go. Bismuth, it's copper plated, it's all made in the United States. There's great people over there at Boss Brandon Sarecki, Meg Superzinski. Hadn't forgotten how to pronounce how, how to pronounce her last name, even though I can't talk right now. Uh, Lee Chos runs their Instagram page, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a great company that I am very, very proud to be uh, to say that I am a part of. 
like that they're in our corner and we're in theirs. They make an outstanding product. It only takes one. I love shooting bismuth. The 3-5 blend, that's what I'm shooting all, all season long. Threes and fives, beautiful. Little shorties, two and three quarter, can't go wrong. Nope, only takes one. Just hit the bird, they're dead. Best all stuff. It's like going back in the 70s and shooting lead. That's right. We're also brought to you by Gun Dog Outdoors. Take care of your four-legged friend this hunting season. You need a field trauma kit. You can save 20% by using the promo code 2020 on it. If you're just going to buy the field trauma kit, use the promo code TRUMP2020. That's 20%. Uh, Big Honker will save you 10% off of everything else that's on their website. I highly recommend you get a couple field trauma kits, one for the truck, one for the bag. Give your buddy. It'll be a great stocking stuffer, if uh, nothing else. And also the quick release system that they've got. It's patented now. It's patented. That's when. That's how you know it's good, when it gets a patent on it. Gundogoutdoors.com is where you can find everything that they've got going on. Um, if you're going to get something, get a field trauma kit because you can use it for anything. So, Gundogoutdoors.com. Love them. Also, we're brought to you by Foul Bandits. If you need some swag for this hunting season, go to FoulBandits.com. Use the promo code MIGRATION. Save yourself some money. You can get uh, hats, hoodies, trailer decals, almost anything that you want. You look good. You look good out in the field. You look good. You you feel good. You feel good. You play good. Play good. You get paid good. That's how it goes. Use the promo code MIGRATION at, feel, at FoulBandits.com. Uh, get all the good-looking apparel that you're going to need for this uh this hunting season. How about them boys over at Lucky Duck? How about them? Well, we're not boys. I guess we should say the ladies and the men over at Lucky Duck. Yeah. The best blind on the market, folks. People ask all the time, what blinds do you use? The two-by-four is the way to go. We can, we can run up to eight eight decoys on one remote. And Lucky Duck, you've got the, you got the dog box, five-star crash-rated dog box. Uh-huh. If your dog, if you have an accident and that dog's in that crash, you want a dog, that dog to be protected. Uh, heavy, heavy duty. It's everything but th- but the thief the but but thief proof, theft proof, theft proof. I think that's the word you're grasping. Yes, theft proof. It's everything but theft proof. It's the best best dog box on the market. They got the best blind on the market. And they got the best spinners on the market. That's Lucky Duck. LuckyDuck.com. Also, we're brought to you by Pacific Custom Calls. PacificCustomCalls.com. Uh, they got an outstanding promo code. It's BHP twenty five twenty five percent off of your order. Nobody else is doing that. No, no, no other call market, no other call company is doing that. Only the boys up at Pacific Calls. Uh, I like the 206. Uh, I like that little short little guy. I also like the 509. That's kind of a, that's a Canada call that can do everything. You can get low, you can get high, you can get fast with them. And I cannot stress to you enough, the PCD, their new duck call that they came out with just a couple weeks ago. Everybody acts like it's a long time ago. It's barely been around. The PCD is the best duck call that I have ever blown. It's versatile. It's easy to blow. For a single read call, it's very, very user-friendly. So go to Pacific Custom Calls, and if you're going to buy a call this year, if you're going to buy a duck call, I would recommend the Pacific Custom Calls PCD. And use the promo code BHP25. You save yourself 25% on that. It's a hell of a bargain. They're great guys up there. Love them very much. Also, if you're listening to podcasts, you you might want to check out the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Mr. Logan Pyatt and Rebel uh, put on a hell of a show. They have a bourbon review every week. A private Snapchat. Yeah, yeah. Well, what a fucking story that is. <laughs> private Snapchat, a voicemail. Uh, they aim to please up there at uh, the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. They're a lot of fun to listen to, though, all jokes aside. Um, they've got an interesting following, I would say, from talking to Logan 
hearing some of the shit that they've had on their voicemail. But uh, wherever you're listening to this one, you can check out theirs. Uh, just type in Looking Glass Duck Club, and there it'll be. For open-minded or like-minded people, check out the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. That's right. Uh, also, we're brought to you by 14 Cattle Company. Meet the difference with 14 Cattle Company. If you want a whole beef, half beef, quarter beef, eighth of a beef, whatever you want, it's right at about best six steaks, bucks a pound. Best steaks I've ever had. Get them, uh, you know, it's, it's right now hamburger meat, $7 a fucking pound. Well, you can get steaks, fillets, ribeyes, T-bones, hamburger meat, all for six bucks a pound. Uh, so check them out at 14cattlecompany.com, uh, and uh, you can meet the difference. They'll butcher it and get it to you. Put it in your freezer and chomp on it at your leisure. Last but not least, William and Chris Wines. When I'm eating that red meat from 14 Cattle Company, always got a glass of Skeleton Key. William and Chris Wines, you find them at the, uh, the Hoity Toity Supermarkets. Uh, it's Texas-made wine. They're great people over there at William and Chris Wines. Um, great people, great customers, and they make a hell of a product at williamandchriswines.com. Get it, and I believe that they'll ship it to you. <sighs> That's all the sponsors. We made it through. This episode of the podcast, we're joined by Mr. Justin Bomia from Iowa. This gentleman, he hunts the uh, Mississippi River, and it sounds like he has a lot of success doing it. It really sounds like water hunting is quite a bit more difficult than field hunting. Just saying. So, we really enjoyed our conversation with him, and uh, we hope that you do too. Here he is, Justin Bomia. I don't know. Boom, and welcome to the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. This podcast to you brought to you by Foul Bandits. On the line with us today from Onslow, Iowa, Mr. Justin Bomia. Did I do it right? I think you got it right. Uh, yeah, that sounds close enough. Yeah, well, for <laughs> me, that's a winner, boy, because I usually fuck these all up. <laughs> Every one of them. And I can read real well. I don't know why, and I don't have a problem talking, but boy, for doing that intro, I think me and Andy need to switch spots, and he can just push a button, and I can do the right, and he can do that. So, Justin, how are you doing today? Oh, <clears throat> uh, just hanging out, man. Enjoying the 70-degree weather and duck season. Not good. Do y'all have a lot of ducks up there right now? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a few. You know, the first little push, but now it's kind of, it's pretty stale. Yeah, we had a bunch of birds here, and we lost a lot of ducks here last week. Now, you're supposed to get really cold again on Sunday and Monday, aren't you? Uh, it's, it's still it's not going to dip below 40. Um, uh, Tuesday, there's a chance below 40, but, yeah, it, it, after the, well, the rest of this week and the weekend, and then we got that, that short little spell, and then it warms right back up to the 50s. See, that's kind of how it is here right now. We're in a little warm spell, and I mean, we got plenty of geese, but ducks are fucking few and far between right now. 
yeah, it, it's it's been a little tough. Last week we had a we hunted or I hunted Sunday in a forty mile an hour wind, and that was that was all right. I think the wind kind of messed messed the locals up a little bit, but had a decent shoot anyway. You duck hunted in forty mile like, an hour wind or goose hunted? Duck hunt. <clears throat> How'd you do? Uh, three man, but we had five guys. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah, that fucking, it's not bad. That splits right up. Yeah. Um. Yep. So what? Bag. Yeah. What about the? What about your goose population? You got plenty around. Yeah, there's plenty around. the The, the main place that I hunt, the public area that I hunt, you can't shoot geese there. It's like a goose refuge, so it holds. I mean, I think right now it's holding over 3,500 Canada's. Now, do you get any lessers through there? Or is it all big birds? Uh, you can, you can get lucky with lessers and a few snows and a couple speckled here and there mixed in, but. It's mostly just the big greater Canada's. Lots of bands. Oh, there's a few. <laughs> See, <clears throat> excuse me. We don't have any uh, banding projects close to here, so we don't we don't really get a whole lot. Yeah, they used to do banding projects quite a bit around here, within ten miles of where I live. But in the last probably four to five years, they they stopped doing that. And then the place where I duck hunt, they do a wood duck banding. <clears throat> And that's usually pretty good, but they haven't done that in probably four years as well. Now, I just looked up on the map where you're at. You're close to Iowa City, right? Yeah, I'm about an hour from there. That's pretty country up there. That's, uh, that's yeah. really neat. Where is the? Is it in Iowa that's got the town that's got all the fucking um, gnomes and shit on the road? Or the elves or midgets? Or is that another place? Or do you even know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about, but we got a, a hula hoop tree, or we used to. And it was quite the attraction i guess no here, but. this is a little town up there and they've got a beer named after it and they got all these little like gnomes or dwarves or assumption shit all over town and i can't remember the name of it but somewhere up that way anyways it, it, it don't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter anyways i didn't know if that's close to you or not so uh no i uh i hunt the mississippi river it's about 45 minutes from my house now how how, how wide's the river where you're at mile wide no no uh quarter to a half in places what's the current run pretty hard uh yeah i thought at one point i had heard it it was in like the at three foot per i don't know how how they measure it but it was a three i mean oh like uh the missouri runs at like seven to eight so i mean it's not it's not horrible but when the water is up it runs pretty good and now you use you hunt out of big boats don't you yep big blind boats how big are these boats? Uh, well, mine personally is a 1870 uh, with an outboard with big outboards on them. It runs about 45 miles an hour with the blind on. Son of a bitch. <laughs> low low, fif- low 50s with the blind off when I'm fishing in the summer. But we, uh, yeah, me and my crew, we got about, well, we have four hard side big boats and then we have three mud motor boats without blind. Well, two of them have pop-ups and one of them just doesn't have a blind, but yeah, so we got quite the, quite the crew. Now, do y'all run multiple boats when you're doing these hunts or just one boat? Uh, the most I'll do is two. It's just, it's just hard to hide everything with. So if we run two, two hard sides, it'd be six to eight guys, like boat to boat, make like a false line with them and, brush them in and stuff now how deep's the water you're hunting 
Uh, it's probably waist deep, uh, knee to waist, and then I mean some of it's a little bit deeper. But yep. yeah, we're running running some pretty big floating duck spreads. How big? How many decoys y'all putting out? Uh, the most I've done is twenty six dozen, but usually it's we try to keep it depends on how many people we got in waders, but we try to keep it between ten to twenty dozen. To us, and then to us, another, that's a another, another four dozen goose floaters. That's a lot. That's one of the times where water hunting's harder than the field. Oh, that wouldn't be no fun. It is very difficult. <laughs> and Andy, was, very, and, well, very Andy said that because he, he won't get his ass chewed out for saying that. But well, he he was mentioning the other day, and I got told from some buddies that when I went out when I went on here to give us water guys some props. <laughs> so to say that it was a little tough. It, 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 yeah, you know, it, it's tough moving around, it sounds like. How long does it take you to set out 26, uh, set out 26 dozen? Set up and pick up. Uh, hour. Same as setting a field? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, when you're, when you're. If you gotta move them, if you gotta move them around and stuff. You oh, know, it's fucking, talking. oh, fuck. Yeah, 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 you might as well pick up and go to another fucking spot if you're gonna try to adjust mm-hmm. that spread. I mean, you're talking yep. about the same amount of time. Yeah, yeah. the adjustment would be a pain in the ass. About like moving fucking full bodies around, except you can't walk yeah. as easily. Yep. And <laughs> and the worst part is it's loggy and there's buck brush and yeah. Now, there's quite a few people that don't, that get a little wet sometimes. How do you brush in your blind? Because like us, we take a grass cutter and we cut grass in the ditches. By the time hunting season's over, yep. our dishes look like a manicured country <laughs> club around here. They're in a fucking tall piece of grass anywhere within a half mile of the lodge and within a mile or two of any of our fields we hunt. So what do y'all, uh, where, where, do you just wait around and go grab brush and stuff? Well, we, uh, we usually take a couple of weeks right before, well, we usually do it between seasons. Our seasons are split here. We do it between seasons, so we're not like too brown or too, you know. So we tend to look good, but we'll cut the the this. Uh, I want to call it straw grass, but it's it's a, it's like a rye grass. It's really really durable. We'll cut that, bundle it up, zip tie it to our fencing on our blinds, and then we'll take oak, cut a bunch of oak limbs and and shove that into, and then we put tumbleweed on it. The more tumbleweed, the better. It makes it makes a real three D look. Hides a lot of a lot of the edges of the blinds. Now, how does the zip ties work? Does that hold it on pretty good? Oh yeah, yep. Zip tie it on and then cut the zip ties, and you're ready to roll. Now, what we, if that I stuff mean, we breaks? Pull, we pull these boats at 70 miles an hour with trucks. So, and if that stuff breaks, then what do you do? You just cut the zip tie and put another bundle in there. Yeah, well, we'll usually regrass once or twice. Depending so, on how much we're traveling. So, so hold on just a minute. So you're not brushing your blinds until, but you're brushing your blinds before you go hunt. Oh yeah, that's what. Yep, that's what blinds, I was we, wanting we to know. Our, that's what I was yep, confused we put about. Our, we put our boat in and we drive to the spot and you're ready to hunt. Yep. Well, we'll you know if there's some loose stuff laying around or we can cut willows here in Iowa. We'll cut some willows and 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 put those around us too to kind of help with the hide. Now, what time do you have to leave to get? I'm assuming that waterfowl hunting is growing in numbers. Oh. I don't know what the numbers are. The, the number of waterfowl hunters, I think, is getting to be more popular. You don't? No, fuck no. I think so. Way down. Way, way down. Not Water- even close. Do to you, the 70s? No. Recently, 
there's Within a lot, the last five years? The, the numbers, I think, have increased since Duck Dynasty come out. Jeff, you got to be specific. Well, I, I don't give a shit about the critics. But what, what I was getting at was, and with the internet and stuff, guys are going to hunt the same areas, the hot areas. Do you have competition where you hunt at with a lot of other people doing the same thing you're doing? Oh, yeah. Yep. We, uh, we can't launch a boat until midnight. Well, we can't leave the boat ramp until midnight. But we, we'll have our boat in, ready to roll. Usually, I only take one guy with me when we race, just so we're... When, well, we, we, got, when we race. <laughs> when you race? <laughs> yeah, a boat full of decoys and a dog and everything else. It's in a, It gets a little full, but yeah. We, we take off at midnight and go get the spot that we want. Okay, my question is from an outsider here. What time do you have to be back to the boat dock by? Uh, you, well, shooting, well, shooting time is sunset. We, I think I'm not exactly sure on the law, but I thought it was 45 minutes after sunset. You have to be back. I mean, barring any problems like a broken down boat or something like that. But so you just can't stay out all night. You have to come back to nope. the dock. Nope. Okay, yep. That, you have to pull your decoys. That, that's what I was wondering. So you, yep. you race out there. How far away from the dock are you hunting? Um, just, well, I mean, we've got a couple of good spots that are a mile and a half, a couple of good spots that are three miles. Just depends on wind and where the ducks are, you know, their path, I guess, their, their area they're using. So, and you're going 40 miles an hour? Yeah, we got one that'll do 55. So, so you basically within 10 minutes, you're, you're to where you're going to hunt, no matter where you're hunting. Oh yeah. If, if we have our big boat, it's a uh, 22 foot, uh, 22 foot 72 with a very large outboard net that'll do run mid fifties. So in 10 minutes you're set up and, and within what? It's within it's six minutes to the furthest spot I hunt. Six minutes and you're in a race. <laughs> well, to me, it's yep. like it'd be a race to whoever could get their fucking boat in the water the fastest. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get a little bit of antics with people blocking the ramp and everything like that, but it, I, it's, it gets pretty crazy. I've been, I mean, I've had the, I guess, privilege of doing it the way I do it since I've been 16. My dad gave me the, you know, the, the reins and said, here you go. So being sophomore in high school, I'm out racing boats on weekends and shooting ducks. So once you get to, to where you're going, is it, are people pretty good about staying out of each other's way there? Or is it like other places like in East Texas where some asshole comes and sets up right next to you? <laughs> yeah yeah it uh, you're gonna get your your early season guys that you know you're gonna have a lot more of that but when it gets late and cold and ice and snow it, it takes it takes a pretty good hard side blind to keep guys warm and be able to hunt from six o'clock till two o'clock in the afternoon you know you get we got ovens and cook stoves and these boats and everything else so we're we're pretty comfy. Now you're hunting from six to two in the afternoon. What's y'all's limit? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, six four mallards. I figure a lot it of mornings. On, are you done pretty early a lot of mornings? Uh, yeah, we can be, <laughs> but like I said, you know, six to eight, ten guys. Sometimes it takes till till so, two or noon, or you know, some days you got to stick around all day. And I have to apologize because I just looked at the numbers. Close to 39 million tags, hunting licenses were sold last year. 
And compared to 2016, only 36 million were sold. So I was right. So you were right. They've gone up. That's nothing new. Okay. (laughs) Now, my question is, are you shooting a lot of geese while you're duck hunting? Are Are you targeting ducks or are you targeting geese or just both? We're targeting ducks. The the main place I hunt, you can't shoot geese, but I'll go to other places that you can that you can shoot them. But I'm I'm running quite a, or quite a few goose floaters because I mean in the refuge the, to the place I hunt, you know, all the ducks are staying with the geese, and not many people realize. I mean, goose floaters are a pain in the butt, but man, they attract some ducks. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm targeting I'm targeting ducks only when I hunt. My, my main place, but I'll go to other places where I can where I can shoot geese. I shot more kids. We hunted water growing up a lot. We had a my dad had a duck boat that he built, and we hunted water a lot. And we shot more. I think we shot more ducks over goose decoys than we ever did just duck. I mean, we always put out goose decoys, but it seemed yep. like the goose decoys were more. The ducks were more attracted to them than they were the geese. I mean the ducks. Yep. <laughs> And my dad absolutely hates them. They take up too much room in the boat. They run uh, well. They work. What do you so run? Bring. What kind of decoys are you running? I I run all GHG. Uh, my ducks are uh, all fully flocked, except for the new XD, and then uh, GHG goose floaters. When when I was a kid growing up, we grew up hunting over herders, styrofoam yep. decoys, the goose decoys. Man, they looked good. I've got two. I got I got two on my wall that my dad that we actually hunted when I was a kid with my dad. I got some in my garage right on the shelf. I'm looking at them right now. Well, they're they're, they're them are damn good decoys. They're a pain in the ass to get around on though. Yep. But boy, they are good. Why are they a pain in the ass? They're just they're so bulky and they're kind of, they're brittle. They're the heads on them are yep. kind of just brittle on them. They're just it's you just can't throw them around like you can a plastic decoy. Well, the foam, does the foam come apart or anything? No, they last real good. The only time I've ever remember having a problem with them is when um, we had a a boat, uh, some gas leaking the bottom of the boat and got on a couple of them and the the gas on the styrofoam ate some bottoms on some of them. But other than that, there was never an issue. But you you just couldn't just go throwing them around like you do a, like you do a plastic decoy. But they damn sure look good. Uh, Yeah. That's what I, I, a lot of guys in my area use, you know, whatever they can get for decoys, but I I think the Foley flock makes quite a bit of difference on when the birds get a little bit smarter, in my opinion. But Why do, why do you think that? Just the added realism? Yep. Not as much shine? Yep. Can you imagine the pressure on the Mississippi River from Minnesota to New Orleans area? Of them ducks that get shot at around that river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, do y'all use spinners? Uh, yeah, I do. I there's a lot of times I won't. Like this point of the season, no, on a flight day or you know, like where you where I think there's going to be a a slight push or something, I'm, I'll I'll use some. But yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of motorized decoys just with messing with batteries and all that crap. But you will use them on days where you think that it's going to be like a migration day? Yeah, or if it's good sun, good sun, good wind, I'll use them. See, I think they make a big, they make a huge difference for us, and we're at the bottom of the flyway, yeah. so it's got to work yep. real good up there. Yep, and I, I, I use a lot of water motion, like pulsators. I use, I, I run quite a few of those in my, with all my floaters. 
Yeah, I think that I think that is the I think that's something a lot of guys. I think everybody goes for the spinners, but they don't go for yeah. something like an agitator or something yeah. like that. And if you watch yeah. if you watch birds on water for very long, there's a lot of splashing and shit going on. Oh yeah, they yeah. Const, got, uh, constant fucking motion. Yeah, and I got I got a bunch of those uh, the ones that spin the wing in the water shoots out of each side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the splasher flashers, I got, I run those too. But that's about all I'll use for spinners. I mean, unless I feel I need more. But yeah, I, I like, I like the water motion a lot, a lot. I say that whatever you should see what everybody's doing in your area, and you should do the opposite. Well, some yeah, days, well, that's, some days. Yeah, that's that's basically what I do. But I'll get, I'll get it to where you know where we're shooting ducks, and people will drive into the place I'm hunting just to kind of check out what's going on and things like that but yeah, yeah. see what i'm doing and i'm like well next time we'll have to change it a little bit right yeah if you see everybody running two spinners run eight and if you see everybody <laughs> running eight spinners do the do the do the water thing like you're doing yeah we did a hunt i don't know a few years ago we had was we were running like 25 26 dozen we had like 15 spinners uh-huh. good lord but we had 12 we, but we had 12 guys yep Pick it all up, but it was it. It worked. I'd like to fun. see. I'd like to see a picture or video. I saw a video in Arkansas a couple years ago, and a guy had like fifty spinners out and all this shit. And it, it was funny yep. to watch. I thought, "What's a pain in the ass to kill five ducks or six ducks?" But oh, that fifteen spinners would be pretty impressive from way, especially from way off. And you know the mass holes hunting across the river. Like, look at them rich bastards over there with fifteen fucking spinners. <laughs> no, fuck. Do uh. Yeah. We we almost did it as like kind of a joke just to see what would happen, and then it it worked. Well, yeah, you look like a fucking whole slew of ducks down there. What did uh? Yeah. So you hunt with how many guys are on your regular hunting crew that you hunt with? Regularly, it's four to seven, eight, four to eight. Four to eight. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because your buddies are gonna listen to this. Oh, I'm sure. Okay, which one of them is the best shot? Me. You're the best shot, no? <laughs> Fucking the LeBron James I, of the Lakers right here. No, I'm just I, – I, well, I, I was cooking breakfast last weekend, and we had a single come in, and the two guys, my two buddies are with me, shot at it. And it was you know, 25 yards. They missed, and I said, ah, oh, I see why you guys bring me along now. <laughs> Who's the best caller? Uh, I don't know. That's up for debate probably. My dad's pretty good. He grew up town calling, and then I got into it, and I took some time off. I got back into it here recently. But well, who, who in the group thinks he's the best hunter? Because every group has one guy who thinks he's the King Kong Dingling. I'm gonna have to say my buddy Luke, and we give him a lot of shit because he's scared of the water. He's scared of the water. No, we just give him shit about it though. But he wears his waders all the time. He never gets out of the boat. <laughs> Sounds like he's the smartest guy there too. So is he the instructor? Is he always pointing and telling everybody what to do? <laughs> no, I'm pretty much the leader. Okay. And, and what's the breakfast? What'd y'all have for breakfast this week on the boat? Uh, we are we're bacon fans, so it's usually about three or four pounds of bacon, and then some eggs, and throw some hash brown squares on. It's all good. Tortillas or bread? None. None. <laughs> 
you need to bring some tortillas with you. You got everything there. You just need some tortillas and put them on the hot iron yeah. the grill and get a little hot. A little hot sauce. I'm not big on the tortilla. I'd go. I'd go bread if I was on that boat. Andy's a Yankee Texan. Make it. Make a little egg bacon Sammy. So uh, yeah. What uh, do you have? Have y'all ever had run-ins with other hunters? Oh yeah. Any good, yep. any good stories? Uh, yeah, a couple of, well, like I mentioned, I was, we take off at midnight and run to the place we're hunting, which is six minutes. And you can access the place, the one of the places that I hunt by foot, but it's like, oh shit, probably mile and a half, two mile walk. And I pull into my spot. I'm going to hunt with six at 12.06 and there's a guy and there's, kid standing in there like uh what's going on boys and like i don't know if we're gonna hunt here i'm like how'd you get here well we we walked like yeah well i'm gonna call up the dnr and you're probably gonna have to move your spot but other than that um it's it's pretty tough to navigate the areas on the on the backwaters in the dark if you don't know what you're doing and you haven't done it for years and years and years so it's it's not really that difficult with the boats that we have, I guess. So how did they? How, are you assigned a spot whenever you hunt these public places? Nope. So nope, it's all free game. So when when you said that you were going to call uh, the DNR, how were what what was going to make them move? Well, just because they couldn't have got to that spot. You know, at midnight, with leaving at with leaving the parking lot they walked from at midnight. I mean, not even close to being possible. So you think that so they? Then, so you think that they got there? They were just there that night. Yeah, they had left at ten o'clock at night or something. You know, and snuck in, had somebody drop them off or something like that. But right, that I've had, I've had lots of guys. They'll put some guys will have two boats that they're going with, and they'll just drop one in the water like. 10 minutes before midnight gone yeah you know it's like oh it's time to time to go i guess but so did the game warden make them move yeah they had to move well so, i told them i was going to call them and they're like well no don't do that and so they ended up moving had to have been a pretty cool night sitting on the bank or something but i don't know yeah no shit. It, was, it was probably 30 degrees and they were just they were just chilling out standing, there. Standing in the water. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> That'd be a miserable freaking night, wouldn't it? Oh. It's not miserable in, the, in these in these boats. We got, uh, like I said, they're big, wide uh, boats. We use, uh, we got permanent heat in all of them. LP, permanent heat. And they're all, uh, have like the hydro turf on the bottom, on the bottom of the boats and stuff. So they're, they're pretty comfy and, we sometimes will blow up air mattresses and it's like a king size bed in them most of the time. So when you get in there, when it's just you and a buddy most of the time, whenever you leave at midnight. Yep. Yep. And then that's where you are for the night. Yep. Do you scatter? Everybody your de- else do you put your decoys out then or do you wait till everybody else gets there to help you? Uh, if it's going to be a hard frost or a snow, I won't. I'll only throw out a few, but just to make room in the boat, but, Usually I set them all up, and then we hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, just for a minute. For a boy from the south, if it's gonna be a fucking snowing, so you're gonna sleep in a boat in the snow. 
yeah. And op- they, they exposed? Close, they close all the way up. It what? They close all the way up. They're almost like, well, they're all insulated. They're hard, you know what I mean? They're, they're like, basically, if you're sleeping in an A-frame with a cover over it, mm. you know. That's not bad. But no, I can, I can see that. And, yeah, that's that's not bad. I'm just thinking of the misery of being in an open. I'm thinking of like a big ass pontoon boat here with a big opening, with all that shit in there, and then you calling them cold ass plastic decoys to sleep while it's snowing. <laughs> no, no. Well, if, like if it's snowing, we'll just set the decoys, you know, behind us on the on a bank, or go drive twenty yards and put them on a bank and go set them in the morning or whatever, just so we can clear everything out to sleep and. So you can you can actually get on the bank and walk, and that's legal in in Iowa. Yep. See, in Texas, if you get out of the water anywhere like that, then you're on someone's land. It's private land, and you can't. In most places, somebody's gonna fucking come mm-hmm. up with a place that you can get out on the land. I'm not saying every place. Most places yeah. that I know of in Texas that you hunt on the water, you cannot access the land. Also, that's why. So you can get out on the. Hell, that wouldn't be bad at all. If I could take a damn tent, put it out on the bank behind me. <laughs> yeah, you could. And that well, the one one of them's the WMA that I hunt. Right. And you can yeah, you can walk. You can. There's banks and sloughs and everything through the whole thing. You could you can do whatever you want really, as long it, as you're not in the refuge. As miserable as this sounds, this is something I think would be really fun. Be a pretty cool experience. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I uh, I sent you a couple of videos, Jeff. You'll check those out when you get a spare minute. Those are the like the. Uh, I take a local news guy out hunting with us. He doesn't tell for the night, but I usually take him out once a year, and he likes to do a little film on it. That's an interesting deal, the way y'all hunt. That that, that sounds pretty enjoyable. And the all night, spending that, be a good time to hang out with your buddies. The, the snow kind of threw me for a fucking loop. I thought, that don't sound very much fun. <laughs> Have you read the story about the Armistice Day storm? Yep. They had yep. The, If they had the shit y'all had, they would have survived that. Yeah, I think so. If they could have got into a little, you know, just somewhere a little bit out of some of that wind, I, I guarantee you, could have. Some of the things that these guys did, crazy. Yeah, like the the last one I built, uh, the one that was that was in was in wildfowl in April. That one took me. I mean, I started in July on it and finished it late September. So I mean, these things are. You know, weld the frame, put the coverings on, attach the fence, you know, get your heaters and get your oven and stove installed. It's, it's, it's so much work, but like you said, you spend, you spend all day or all weekend in the dang thing. You gotta, you gotta be comfy. What's, what's the boat? What are you selling them boats for? What's that? What would you sell them boats for? Uh, mid twenties. So you're gonna spend twenty five thousand dollars on the boat. You're gonna spend another fifteen thousand dollars for decoys. So for everybody that wants to get in the duck hunting business, or not the business, but to hunt for forty grand, you can be hunting on the Mississippi River probably. Well, you could probably do it a little bit cheaper, but yeah, but you don't want to be a guy across the river calling you an asshole because you got more toys than he's got. <laughs> and you want to be the guy with all the toys. Yeah, try to be anyway. So what made wildfowl? Uh, Come check out your boat. Uh, they have a boats and blinds section uh-huh. in the in the magazines. And the guy, um, one of my buddies, tipped me off that they were wanting to do a 
a hard side blind or a big blind boat. And I just messaged the guy and he, we did a whole interview type of thing, took some pictures and put it in there. Was that, I mean, was it a contest or anything like that? Nope. Nope. Just, uh, they were just looking just for a, like kind of a, a spotlight on different types of, different types of blinds and boats and stuff like that. So you'll be like the talk of the Mississippi river this year then. No, that was uh, that was in nineteen. Oh, it was in nineteen. Yep. Yep. Oh, do people, people do people see you like puddling by and they're like, "There's that cocksucker that had his boat in wildfowl." <laughs> no, they're usually talking about that's the cocksucker that shot the duck. Uh, well, that's better then. <laughs> that's better than being a cocksucker with a boat in wildfowl. <laughs> so, do you goose yep. hunt any? I do. Uh, but once duck season starts, I'm pretty much focused on ducks. If geese tastes a little bit better, I'd shoot them more. But so you're on the river every just every time that you go out. No, I I do a lot of like cornfield hunt. You know, early season corn, pick cornfields, shop cornfields around just around kind of my house, away from kind of away from the river. And then when will you move on to the river? Uh, that that when our big duck season opens, which opened on October 10th. So we're halfway through ours now. When does it close? Uh, December 1st, 2nd, somewhere right in there. So, yeah, you're right. You only got a couple weeks left. Yeah, three weeks, but I'm, I'm heading west. We're hauling the boat out west to go hunting out there for a week at the end of the month. Where are you hunting at there? Uh, just going to Nebraska. I'm in Missouri. Uh-oh. He, oh, the heat, he don't want to tell us. It's that hidden hole. <laughs> I'm going to Nebraska or Missouri. Yeah, so you're going to hunt the Platte River no, or the Missouri going, River? Going, going, to the, going to Nebraska to hunt the Missouri River. Oh, okay. I, I see. Yep. Now, now um, all the corn that got knocked down from the storm, how, how far are you from that? Uh, I'm, it's all down in my area. I mean, not as bad as it is like Des Moines, which is, you know, two and a half, three hours away. It's pretty bad out there. What, what have they? Cedar Rapids is pretty bad. Are the ducks using the fields like crazy or are they not touching them? Are they, is it just a normal year? There ain't a whole lot of ducks around right now. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. And y'all season closes all of Iowa shuts down December 1st? Uh, that's north. Uh, south would close the eighth. That's crazy. That seems like it shuts down that quick. And there's not a whole lot of birds around right now. No. So no. How, when did y'all? I mean, we had a, we had a decent we had a decent push a couple weeks ago, but I mean not a decent push, but we had we had birds a couple weeks ago, but now you know it's hot. It's it's kind of hot. Like this weekend, it's going to be seventy three and seventy four. I'm not going to hunt. I might go fishing. That's crazy. That's it's nuts. crazy. I mean, we got a couple, we got a couple private spots that we might go see if we can shoot some teal and wood ducks on. But that's when do y'all close? I mean, when do y'all open? October. Open. Yes. What day? October tenth. October tenth was our opener. Y'all only get seven weeks of duck season then. Yep. Well, we are lucky. Or eight, seven or eight weeks, something like that. Yeah. yeah I think we get ninety-three days or something for ducks and one hundred and eight for geese. Um. So, I'm going to ask you this question. What kind of leaky waders do you wear? 
I don't wear leaky waders, but I wear banded. And they don't leak ever. No. Come on now. I've, I've, I've had a I've had a pair from the start, but I had a pair I don't know a couple of years ago that I did. Yeah. But every pair of waders is going to be leaky waders before if you use them much. I got like three pair though, so I can switch out every day. <laughs> you must be a pro staffer for me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you said it. Well, there's nothing. I mean, if you're a pro staff for somebody, you shouldn't be ashamed yep. of it. And they yep, would... I staff for them, Avery and Greenhead. I wear uh, the 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 banded uh, bibs. They're not bad. Yeah, they're pretty nice. Not bad at all. Yeah. I'd... You think ban- you think banded would send Andy some free shit? No, I don't want any. I don't want anything. Um, the zipper actually is it's actually one of the only zippers that I've had hold. But as soon as these go out and they're gonna go out, I'm gonna go. I'm going Carhartt. Yeah, I'm just jumping on that that's, train full full bore. That's like the thing here in Iowa. It's Carhartt. They make a damn good product. <clears throat> yes, I, they do. I can tell you right now that. I see a lot of different things that guys wear clothing-wise. Filson shit lasts forever. It's expensive, but it lasts. The guys that have all went to Carhartt are all happy with Carhartt. But all the waterfowl clothes just about fall apart. The zippers especially are horrible. Little. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, th- I think I think what makes them so bad is they're, they, they're so small because they're waterproof, and it just it can't handle any physical abuse. Like Yeah, not like, like what waterfowl hunters put it through. Right, like Carhartt has those big ass zippers that'll never bust, but they're not waterproof. But you're not wearing them in the water, anyways. You're gonna just wear them to stay warm. Well, I mean, one of the reasons that guys don't wear Sitka, one of the reasons guys wear Sitka is because it's also waterproof. Right. Well, it's got. Well, like when I when I was younger hunting, my dad, I was hunting with my dad, my grandpa, and my uncle, and my grandpa got turned onto the the gore stuff. So they usually only. So usually for Christmas, I get something hunting wise, and it would be top of the line some gore stuff until I outgrew it or whatever. But that was that was some pretty good stuff back in the day. It was the old Gore-Tex. Yeah, yeah, boy. I tell you what, when I was a kid, when I was in probably junior highs, when it really come out, and boy, you were the cat's meow if you had Gore-Tex. And for Christmas, I would get something with Gore-Tex. Because yep. I water hunted all the time, but it shit lasted and it was waterproof and it was really good. Yeah, it was it was pretty good stuff. Didn't George on Seinfeld get a Gore-Tex jacket? I don't remember. I think he did. Well, what do you he, need a Gore-Tex jacket for, George? Yeah, it was the it was the cat's meow at the time. I mean, his stuff worked really yeah. good. I knew a buddy of mine got one and he got in the fucking shower to see if it really worked. Turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> it was because because when we grew up, they didn't have nothing like that. I mean, you froze your ass off if you got wet because there wasn't nothing really waterproof. You had these fucking rain slickers that you would wear that would just fall and rip apart, you know, the seams of them and stuff. Yeah, and the rubber waders. Oh, my God. Coldest (laughs) thing I've ever worn in my life. The (laughs) best waders I ever had back in the day was made by a company called Red Ball, and they were really good waders, and they were expensive. This would have been in the the 80s, and they would run about $150 a pair, which was a lot of money back then. And, um, but they lasted really a, a lot. They were really good waiters. And I looked them up one time and I, I didn't see nothing on them no more. So, <clears throat> but that, that, they were a good product with this Sitka waiter. Is that a thousand dollars? 1200, I think. Do you, has, I'm assuming Kaufman wears some. Does he have some? He probably got two or three pairs. Uh, I think you have to have a couple pair. 
Well, Bandit just came out with the uh, Aspire waders. They're going to be the cat's meow. The what? Aspire. Aspire. What's yep. got, what's going to separate them? They are uh, along the lines of the door and the, the Gore-Tex and the Sitka. They're going to be, you're not insulated, you're good, breathable Gore-Tex material. How much are they going to run? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I, I I would assume I would assume right under a thousand. But but that's the thing, you know. You knock it, but the first time somebody does it and pulls it off, all the other companies are like, "Oh hell yeah! I know what our next fucking waiters are going to cost." Well, you know, and I don't I don't know a ton about them, but I I've, I've seen some pictures of them. They look they look pretty sweet. If they're selling waiters for a thousand bucks, you know they're making about five hundred dollars profit off each pair. I'm looking. I'm trying. To, are they not on their website yet? No, not on the website yet. Oh, so he's, he's, a, he's he broke news. Well, he's a pro staff. No, it's it's out. Oh, so are uh, you are you yeah. getting them yet? Have they sent you a pair to try yet? No, I I wear all the 2.0 stuff. I from what I heard, they're limited quantities. So I'm I'm gonna roll with what I got until I need a new pair. You tell those fuckers you're on the Big Honker podcast, and they, by God, you need a pair. <laughs> I mean, I'll mention it. I'll mention it. <laughs> no, you say it just like that. Listen, motherfucker, I was on the Big Honk Podcast. Give me a fucking pair. Number one podcast, in, <laughs> not number one waterfowl podcast in the world. So there you go. Um, Heck yeah. What's, what's going on down there right now? With, with what do you with mean? What? Getting ready at your place at the honk at the Big Honker. Well, there's two there's two pallets of dive bomb decoys on the front porch right now. And I, Bo looked at me like I was stupid when I asked him why they're still sitting there. I figured they'd all be put up by now. But we're going to wait till the high school boys get here this weekend to get everything put up, which means Andy will be bitching about them about the third week in November when one of the decoy ba- the bags don't have everything in it it's supposed to have in it. There's a couple of boxes of Lucky Duck outside that still haven't been put up that needs to be put up. Um, it's going to be 80 degrees today, and we start yeah. – we duck hunted this weekend. Duck season's closed here for five days. We open up duck hunting Saturday. And we hunt Saturday, Sunday, and then we start basting bud about Tuesday of the next week, and we run all week long, and then we start goose hunting open on the 14th. Die Bomb's going to be here filming on the 14th and 15th, and that's kick off our season. We you got a lot, we you got say lot of all this shit like I don't have a million things going on. What are you talking about? You, you're, you're, you're fucking looking at me when you're talking about the decoys still being out there. I didn't look at you at all. Yeah, you did. I said Bo. No. I wasn't worried you, about you, you doing you it. You kept looking at me like I don't know why they're still sitting there. Andy. You have a wife and two little boys, and you're going to be busy from about the, tr- the 11th. I'm fucking busy now. To the I, end of I January. Stopped. Yeah, but you're going to be busy doing shit you like doing, hunting. Well, uh, I mean, you, I'm fucking busy now. Busier now than... I wish this one was on film because I never looked at Andy. I was talking about Bo. No, he was fucking looking right at me. <laughs> kept kept peeking over at me. No. Like I'm supposed... Like, like this shit's supposed to have been done. Said, he, he was looking at you and said the wrong name. Yeah, yeah. No, I was talking to Bo. Just before we went on air with you, I asked Bo what's going on with the decoys. And he didn't have an answer for me that I liked. He told me that the boys are doing it this weekend, that Tony had arranged it. And I thought, hmm, Andy's going to be the first one bitching because they're not put up right. I will be bitching. There you go. So, see, I knew what was going to happen. But I'm getting to the point now. I've got to start delegating some shit. You do. I've got I've got way too I've got too many irons in the fire. And, and Bo is really I'm good at fucking, stuff. I'm, I've worn myself to a frazzle right now. And if, which is why I got so pissed off a couple of days ago. I, I've just worn myself out. What did you get mad about? Oh, on the podcast? I kind of enjoyed it a little bit. 
a lot of guys laughed at my pain, but I your mom didn't. She didn't. Oh no. I listened to it last night in the house. I was doing something. I had it on, and she's like, "What is going on with Andy?" Huh. I saw he's got his panties in a wad, and then of course she was taken up for him. You know, like she always does. So, anyways, she didn't think it was funny. I thought it was funny. It's okay. I had a lot of messages. Guys laughed at my pain. How many? Uh, how many crews? So, like, when you get full hunters, how many different fields are you in? Uh, it depends. Between Oklahoma and Texas, we'll be running probably four four groups a day. Four fields a day. Four fields a day. We may run five groups between the four fields. Some days we may have six groups combined into four fields, and some days it's four for four. But that's – and plus then we're doing – we've got pheasant hunts going on and other things. We stay real busy here. Yeah, and entertaining and everything else that goes along with it. You, you know, the entertaining part – I've had another guys, a couple guys on here that were guides or they outfit and they, they run their own thing, and – what we do here is different than a lot of places. We don't stay up and babysit our guests all night. I don't have someone designated to stay up till midnight with guys doing their thing. We have dinner at 6 o'clock at night, and we do dinner, and we visit with everybody. And when dinner's over, we say goodnight, and I lock the doors, and the ladies clean and get all the kitchen, dining hall messed up. I mean, cleaned up. I'll be in my office. and I'll go to my office, and I'll be in my office, and the guys will go to the social room and do their thing. And we we run so much repeat business that pretty much everybody knows the drill anyways. And mm-hmm. they go over to the social room. They want to play cornhole outside or build a fire, a bonfire, whatever they can. But I don't have someone designated, and I don't want that. I don't want my guys hanging out drinking all night with customers. First of all. So they kind of get. They kind of get, like, the clients get pretty much free range of what yes, they want to do. They do the whatever line. they want. Yeah, that's the grown-ass men. Yeah. I have guys all the yeah. time, can we drink here? Well, fuck, if your mom don't care, I don't care. <laughs> but but my guys want to go to bed. Shit, they get up at 4 o'clock in the morning or 3.30. And so the guys, we have dinner at 6, and usually by 8 o'clock, the dining hall and my office and everything is locked up. And I'm gone. I'm usually home by 8, 8.30 myself. It always amazes me when guys will be like, yeah, staying up till midnight with customers. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> you know, if you just hunted on weekends, dove season, we, we're, we're up here a lot late at night. It's 11, 1130 some nights when I get home from dove season. Fuck, by Sunday afternoon, I'm fucking wore out. I couldn't imagine doing it. Can you imagine seven days a week of that? Mm-mm. We did some, we had dove groups here five, six, seven days straight this year. And boy, well, it gets kind of long in the tooth, but we yeah. don't. Andy, Andy's home by seven thirty or eight every night. Yeah, and we have, but we're up at breakfast and stuff. And the customers, you know, they're here for two to three days, most groups. So, and it's funny if a group's here the first night, they're pretty loud and boisterous and partying and loud. The second night, it's a little bit. On the third night, they're on one of the tables in the corner and they don't hardly say shit. They they go and they yeah, eat and they tired and they go over and go to bed. It's like the hunting trips. Everybody's gang and good to go on that first one and by about day three everybody's sneaking off to go take a nap and all that <laughs> which is which is needed but right now we have a yeah. we have a quiet time every day here about one thirty to about three thirty. it's pretty quiet i get a lot of work done in them hours because usually by then everybody's eating lunch they filter through my office they get sweatshirts hoodies visit with me and then they go over and they'll go take naps and if we're doing afternoon hunts it's about three thirty to 4 and, and I'll start seeing, but usually those two hours and the guides all disappear. They all go take naps every day. So for two hours, it's quiet around here. And then it starts picking up about three thirty. but we scout about four every afternoon. I see. And, and it's got, we, and every place is different. We just have our, our way of doing things, but 
And my other buddy, that Justin, that's an outfitter out here, he don't party and stay up with his customers all night either because we've talked about it. I don't even think his, his guides don't even stay at the same place. No, they don't even see them unless they're hunting. Right. So, I mean, I, th- I think they kind of, <clears throat> you know, and I don't know this for a fact, but, you know, there is communication that they have, but they're not even they, – the guides have a house that they go back to, so – they don't um, live on premises. It's not like here where our guides are out at the lodge. But I look at it from like a customer standpoint. If I was hunting somewhere, I wouldn't want my guide with me all the time. Like whenever we get back, I would want, if I'm with a group, you know. I mean, yep, just hang out with the group. Yeah, I just want to hang out with head. my guys. I want him to tell me what I need to know, tell me where I need to be, and kind of give me a game plan of the hunt. But outside of that, like, I mean, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to get to talk to you in the blind for five, six hours. Like, yeah. I, I don't need you. Just go on. Let me let me be with my guys. Because I don't think a lot of guys, if they had somebody hanging over them, I don't think that they could, like, really cut loose with their buddies, you know? Mm-hmm. So, now, I, I try to get out of their hair just as soon as I can. But you, Andy also has a little, uh, he falls into a trap because you've got a lot of guys that are friends of yours that have hunted with us that talk to us year-round uh-huh. that are clients that they want to visit with you and you to hang out with them. But they know at nighttime they're going to go do their own thing. But they, you're one of them now. They, we, We've got a lot of regular guys that come to the family because we've got a separate dining area where we eat at compared to everyone else. And you get guys, and, and they stay in the dining area, but we have guys that come in through the door all the time that visit with us that are regulars of ours. You yeah, know? your locals. And, yeah, well, yeah. we don't have no locals, but we've got regular customers that have been up here for 20, 25 years, a lot of them, and they're here three or four times a year. And, you know, their kids, their grandkids, their parents, you know, I mean, you've become, it's developed a friendship with them, not just a customer. I realize that guys out here are on vacation and I try to give them as much space as they want. What Andy's saying is he enjoys his own space. I'm not saying that, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, but I mean, I know guys are on vacation yes. and like, they don't want to be, they don't want, I mean. Especially a lot of corporate groups. Right. They're trying to do business and shit. They don't want us hanging out with them. No, they want to go outside and drink and tell fart jokes and everything else. So, so we let them do it. Yeah, that's, our deal is give them their space. They give us ours and we work together. And if they need anything, they let us know. But I mean, I'm not rude about it. Like I'm not running away from a conversation. If somebody wants to talk to me, I'll talk to them. But I also like when, as soon as, as soon as it's over, I'm out of their hair. Cause I I think that that's what they, that's what they want. But so you got your own, you got your own stuff to take care of, get done. Well, that's true too. So yeah, I, want, I, want to, I want to ask you a few more questions real quick. Yep. You, you've got a golden doodle, and I've got a yeah. labradoodle. Now, yep. my dog is very, very, very smart and very birdy, yep. but he doesn't hunt, but he's very birdy. But he sheds yep. like a son of a bitch. Does your dog shed? Once a year. That's Once it? Year. Yep. But I'll, I, uh, Ollie, you're I, a I fucking him, counterfeit. I get, his, I get his hair. I get his haircut like every three months. Ah, see, we get Ollie's. I've done it this summer, and we got him. He, I got him shaved down to his skin. He looked like one of them hairless cats. But man, <laughs> there wasn't no hair around the house. But now he's starting to bush up for winter. And I, I hear yep. Michelle bitching about the having to sweep every day behind him wherever he's at. <laughs> no, he's he's a he's. I well, we got him as a house dog, and it was like shit you know i might as well try to see if they'll hunt i mean he always wants to mess around and shit so i just started throwing dummies and then progressed and got into the whistle and yeah yeah he he's just five just turned five and 
he uh, he's just a couple shy of a thousand retrieves. But we also run Black Labs too with some of my buddies. So he uh, it's it's funny though. Like my group, like some of the guys in the group is is Tank coming? He's like that's his name. He's like yeah. He, he seems to be one of our good luck charms. <laughs> kind of odd, but. Is this yeah, he, he, is, he will go get every single duck you shoot. Is his temperament real good around kids? Yeah. Yeah, I have a four-year-old son, Cash, and uh, they're, like, best buddies. See, Ollie, the grandkids, they wrestle and play around him. He don't pay much attention to them at all. I mean, he just they're, they're really good temperament dog. Like, Lou, Andy's dog, is so hyper. He does not know how to relax. And Ollie's, yeah, he, Ollie's a relaxed dog. He'll lay down and don't. He's don't. He's not a lot of. He's not over aggressive when it comes to wanting to be petted and shit. Yeah, Tank. Tank's more nervous than hyper. I guess he's always like wondering what the fuck's going on and <laughs> who's doing what. And, but he. I mean, he's not hyper. Every once, like I, his biggest problem is in the morning, like right when daylight, he is so mad at ducks that I have to throw some dummies into the water, you know, five or 10 of them just to wear them out a little bit before we start shooting. Cause he'll, he'll get whiny and do a little barking, but got a lot of Lou in him. Then there. Maybe that's what I need to do with, with Lou fucking Sunday. So we duck hunted Saturday and then Sunday, mm-hmm. I don't know what bug crawled up his ass and the ducks were not cooperating. And so we were having to be patient on a couple things and he yep. was a motherfucker. Whining or just moving around? Just whining, and it was it was it was bad. The amount of times I've called my dog a motherfucker is unbelievable. And then, luckily, we shot a bird, and it started diving on him, so he got to swim around for quite a bit. And yep, I, 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 I thought he'd be a model citizen. I started doing that, throwing that, throwing that dummy, and I mean, it's in the dark. He'll he'll still go find it, and I, it, it seems to work out pretty good. He I might do that. that. I might do that because I actually had that thought in the blind on Sunday. Like, fuck, I'm going to have to just start bringing some dummies and throwing a couple and knock <laughs> off some energy, knock off the edge yeah. a little bit. Well, I've never yeah. had, we've never had anybody hunt with us with a golden doodle or a labradoodle, but it's coming because they're getting to be more and more popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't have any aspirations of them being a duck dog, but it kind of turned out that way. But, Boy, I tell you, if I was in the dog business, that's the dog I would be breeding and selling right now. I had a guy this this weekend here, and he raised Labradoodles. He was asking me about Ollie, and he I asked him, I said, "What are you getting for a puppy?" He had two puppies that he just had that were black ones. He goes, "Oh, we get thirty five hundred dollars a pop." I was like, "God, I'm ready." Damn. My dad, if he was a younger man right now, he would be in Labradoodle heaven right now. <laughs> He'd be breeding them some bitches left and right. The puppy farm of Ron Sanford. Yep, that's exactly what it would be. So, yeah, the, the new guy that, that comes with me, he's like, can I take your dog home? I'm like, I, I don't think my son's going to like that too much if you take him home. No. They absolutely love him. No, that's exactly right. I know we said we we're going to stay away from politics, but real quick, what do you, how do you think this is all going to shake out before we let you go? Oh, I don't even know. I, I'm already seeing some things that are kind of like, how does that happen with more votes than what they have registered voters for and everything else? But it's going to be a fucking mess. I, I think I, I think the Supreme Court's going to end up deciding it. No matter who wins, when it's this is all mess. over, the other side's going to be crying sure. injustice the whole time. Yep. Yeah. I think I personally yep. now, first time I've said this, I think Biden is going to be president. I don't think that. This, uh, I, I just think there's too much cheating, but I think it was cheated. 
I, I really do. I think there was a lot of voter fraud on it. Or God likes dumb I'm, people, I'm not say and that, there's a lot I, of them. Us as a country, us as a country, we're better than this. We don't need to act like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm we not going to have this as, you know, a headline and everything. No. We're, I mean, we're the United States of America. We're a little bit better than what's going on right now. This, this is the point that scares me, is we're at a point now that, if Biden is declared the winner when this is all said and done by the Supreme Court, which is what's going to end up being, they're going to have to make the choice. And if they say, okay, Biden's our president, you're not going to see, I'm not going to go right, right and loot. And I'm going to go to work and try to figure out how to keep making a living. Right. And and that's what I'm going to do. Just like I did. I, I didn't like Obama being president, but Obama won fair square every time. But I went to work and hope I can survive all this. I've handled 9-11 and everything else. We'll be all right. But yeah. If Trump is declared the winner, which I hope he is, there's going to be a whole lot of fucking looting and right going on over that. Oh, shit. it's going to be going to be a shit show. Yeah, they've. I mean, that's they. We, this is all opened up for this. There's no reason that you can you can do every kind of vote or what tally, and they can give you instant results. Or there's no reason that they didn't have everything tabulated last night. The mail-in ballots yep. were a joke. So that's all yep. I want to get in on politics on this. We want to talk about. Um, I was going to ask you something else when Andy brought up. Oh, what's the weirdest bird y'all shot out there? Uh, this goose season we shot a farm goose, <laughs> in, in with a flock of Canada's. <laughs> Big well, old a white one. Shot, Did you eat shot, them? We dropped two. There was there was eight of them, and we dropped one that was a band, which was banded local, and then the farm goose, huge, uh, ugly some bitch, but had the beak of a white front and was like gray and brown and yeah. It, Did you mount it? No. <laughs> Did you eat it? Uh, my buddy did. <laughs> Poor bastard. How, how did he say it tasted? I didn't even ask, to be like, honest with you, but... Like a fucking goose. Not good. <laughs> grease ball. Yeah, they're horrible. <laughs> what about... They hit the ground with a streak of grease. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, uh, uh. Ain't a bird in the world I love more than a duck or goose, but I don't know how anybody eats one of them fuckers. Uh, no weird duck. Y'all have never shot any weird ducks? Uh, uh mallard wedgeon. That would probably... Five years ago, that's, I don't think I've ever uh, seen a mountain probably, in person. Uh, banded black duck last year. Well, oh, that's a trophy. Ducks. Banded black, and then I got a, I got a black that I'm putting on the wall. I've got one here that Pat Pitt gave me, who's one of the most incredible taxidermists in the world. Yeah. Boy, they're beautiful ducks. I've got a I've got a mallard pintail that's going to be here in two weeks that a guy in Kansas shot that uh, they gifted me. And then, uh, nice. George Scott's bringing it to me, and I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna put it up. I can't wait to get it. And then I've got a another weird duck coming. I can't remember what the hell it was. I've seen. You know, we talked about the blonde mallard. Since I've said that, we've only seen about seven blonde mallard drakes that I've gotten pictures of. Right. I get tagged I've in them never, all the time. I've never seen one. I've never seen one ever, and I think I've counted nine now that I've seen that's been posted on my wall in the last two weeks that people <laughs> have shot. They're like, hey, man, they look shot. like. A- they look like a dick and a fish on a in a flock. I would, you know, I would think so, but I'm wondering if they just blend in more than we just don't realize it. I know the blacks. We can always tell the black, and that's the first one that everybody goes for. But was it just darker? Yeah, yeah, and a flock of mallards, and the the wings, the outside of the wing, and then the, the breast kind of give it away to me. But yeah, <laughs> we were calling out a flock. Oh, probably two years ago, and there was a black in it. My, my one buddy just look at that fucker. He looks like a dick on a fish. <laughs> 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 it 
Whenever you see yeah. an anomaly like that, it's almost hard to, like, you put so much pressure on yourself to knock the fucker down. I can remember, uh, there's a, there's a Canada here I'm looking at right now. It's got, uh, white wing tips yep. and, uh, on just one wing. And I saw it and I was like, Oh Christ, we need to shoot that fucker. And there was just so much pressure before that shot rang out and finally folded it. So you saw that before you, mm-hmm. yeah, those are trophies to get like that. Do you kill any of the quill lake birds? Nope. Nope. I have, uh, well, I, I mean, around the area, I haven't heard of any of them getting killed either. I saw but one. No, Go ahead. No, I, I, I was just going to say I've never seen one. I, or, I mean, or noticed one in a block, I guess. I saw one in Dallas, Texas this summer flying over a, po- a polo outlet. Michelle was inside and a flock of geese flew over, and there's about eight of them, and one of them was a piebald, and it's piebald's what they're called, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. And this sucker had a huge white circle on its breast and white wings. I thought, boy, that's a fucking trophy. I wish I could find out where that sucker's going. Yeah. But it was beautiful. <laughs> and it was a greater. But, boy, it was a beautiful bird. Yeah. And the mallard wedging we got, we didn't know it until, we went to, or until the dog died back. Yeah, a lot of those weird ones, like, you don't even see until it comes back and you get it up close. Yep. <laughs> Who shot that one? <laughs> yeah. You start looking at the wings, and the wings don't quite add up and all this other shit. You're like, what the fuck do we have here? Well, Justin, yep. we, yeah, about black model. That's about all we get a yeah. shot at anyway down here. We've killed a few models here, but I don't. We didn't kill a black since I was in high school. Last time I killed a couple of black ducks. We missed a wood duck this weekend. That would have been the first wood duck that had ever been killed on one of my uh, guided hunts. Really, that yep. seems crazy. I've never, never shot a wood duck on one of my hunts. I'm so so tired of shooting wood ducks right now <laughs> yeah we don't it's just not there was three on the, on the pond here at the yeah. lodge too uh two days ago he did i mean we saw him come in just clear as day and that fucker everybody emptied their gun on him and he did not fall and them boys from louisiana they shoot a lot of them don't they yeah i said I, yeah i said oh congratulations that would have been a first for me I'm glad you guys ruined it <laughs> watch that fucker fly right on so uh you know there's still some shit that i got on my bucket list i got to get well just yep. We appreciate you being on here, bud. Take time out of your hey, day. It's been very I, enjoyable. It was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. You are definitely like the first. way down there sometimes. We'd love to have you, and you're definitely the first person from Onslow, Iowa, that's been on here with us. <laughs> Probably the last. I don't know about that. You never know. Um, <laughs> so so no, go, no duck hunting this weekend? Going fishing instead? Uh, I don't know yet. Well, maybe. I don't know yet. <laughs> Well, we hope that the weather cooperates with you. We hope that you get out there before, have a couple more good ones before uh, season closes on December. Yeah, I'm hoping the same. Go go tear them up, bud. If there's anything we can do for you, right. let us know, okay? Hey, good luck this year. Thank have you. fun. Thank Bye. you very much. We appreciate it. Justin Bomia. Bomia. Very interesting young man. <clears throat> Iowa. See, I would enjoy that kind of hunting. You say that. Yeah, but I grew up hunting water, and I liked it because you could shoot ducks and geese both, even though they don't shoot a lot of geese, it sounds like. <clears throat> and to shoot the mallards, that would be fun. Now, when it's 22 degrees and you're in the boat, the hunting would be fun, but when it was time to go in and picking all that shit up, that would be a miserable time. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. 26, uh, 26 dozen. Sounds like water hunting's quite quite difficult. 
<laughs> what do you think you've said today that's going to piss somebody off? There's no telling. Well, we appreciate everyone listening to you. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate you uh, checking out our sponsors. Uh, thank you. God bless y'all, and have a wonderful rest of the week. Speaking of those wonderful sponsors, uh, go to j2outdoorsllc.com. Use the promo code Big Honker for ten percent off the ice ripper. Uh, put that bad boy in your water hole. Keep your ice hole open. Also, Gundog Outdoors, got a couple promo codes there. Foul Bandits, get your hunting swag. Dirty Duck Coffee, uh, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, Pacific Calls, Dive Bomb Boss, Lucky Duck, Glen Glass Duck Club, William and Chris, William Chris Wines, and 14 Cattle Company. Thank you.